Good morning. The scripture reading for this morning is from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 to 8, and you can follow along in your bulletin on page 3. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. The word of the Lord. Good morning. I have to tell you, I'm just full of joy. I just love this day when we're together. And, uh, you know, I near uh, felt like I was going to wreck my car because I was watching all you walk to church. And went, oh, there's so-and-so, there's so-and-so. Meg and I were just talking, you know, back and forth. It really is uh, such a wonderful joy. But now let's gather before the living word of God. Will you pray with me? Father, we are so grateful that you are alive and present in this room. When you draw near, the hopeless have hope, uh, the hard-hearted have hope. Those that are far away can be brought, brought near. So would you now uh, come by your spirit, working by and with your word, in Christ's name, amen. <clears throat> If you watched the Grammys this past year, you know that one of the winners was uh, the duo 21 Pilots for their song, I'm Stressed Out. And, um, you know, I was watching the video, and it's, uh, has anybody seen that video? Okay, not many, not many. <laughs> I just want to recognize that Keith and Patty Moore saw the video. <laughs> Woo! Uh, yeah, so, y you know, they've got these two guys, or, or sort of in a suburban cul-de-sac, and they're riding around on big wheels uh, drinking juice boxes. And uh, the chorus of the song says, you know, I wish I could turn back time uh, when our mamas sang us to sleep. And I think the reason that song connects so much with people is because we're all stressed out, right? We're stressed out. If you read some surveys of different groups, uh, this is what you hear. Millennials are stressed out about making the wrong decision, saying no to parents, money, everything that's happening in the world, and stress about whether their anxiety will interfere with their lives. <laughs> the poor, um, the poor are stressed out about finding work getting transportation back and forth to work, handling emergencies, and just plain lasting as long as possible. Parents, how to get the baby to sleep? Is the baby healthy? When and how to discipline? Am I a good parent? 
bullies, the internet, minorities, loneliness in the workplace, fear of their kids in safety, daily prejudice. Everybody has a lot of stresses on them. Uh, Bridget Schulte wrote a book called Overwhelmed, and this is what she says. This is how it feels to live my life, scattered, fragmented, and exhausting. I'm always doing more than one thing at a time, and I feel I never do any one thing particularly well. I'm always behind and always late, with one more thing to do before rushing out the door. Entire hours evaporate while I'm doing stuff that needs to get done, but once I'm done, I can't tell you what it was I did or why it seemed so important. And I think underneath this stress, there's a deeper thing, a deeper question, and that is, am I successful? You know, am I succeeding at life? Am I maturing for whatever stage I'm in? Am I hitting the benchmarks that everybody else is hitting? Well, God understands this need and desire we have to be successful. You heard it read, the promise of length of days, peace, healing, refreshment, favor, and good success. Now, from the standpoint of the Proverbs, success is a subset of wisdom. But the definition we get in this passage and the definition we get from the scripture couldn't be further from the one that we're most operating on day to day. At Grace Downtown in our fall retreat, we had Zach Eswine come and speak, and he's a friend, um, also a pastor and a professor at Covenant Seminary. And Zach said, in our culture, the pressure in America is to do large, famous things fast. Large, famous things fast. But however, in the kingdom of God, God values small, mostly overlooked acts of love over a long period of time. Right? You couldn't get any further. And that's sort of we're living in between. And one of the indicators, I think, of this stress is complication. Everything feels so complicated, right? I mean, if taking, if being successful is this difficult, can anybody be successful? And I'm so glad that God makes it simple. I'm just longing for simplicity. I think the older I get, you know, the fewer things I can hold up here. I want simplicity. And God gives us a simple promise of success. And I just want to look at briefly the focus and the practice. The focus and the practice. Now, as I was saying, the focus of success in the world is typically achievement, acquisition, reputation. Success from God's point of view is loyal love. Loyal love. Verse 3 we read, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. You all probably have heard uh, your pastors mention that that word steadfast love and faithfulness in the Hebrew is hesed. And a good translation of that word is loyal love. That's what God is talking about here. And it's supremely demonstrated in the Lord himself. When Moses says, God, I want to see your glory, and God couldn't show him his full glory, it would kill him, so he showed him his afterglow. 
He said, Moses, Moses said, you know, I want to see you. I want to know who you are, the essence of who you are. And as the Lord passed by, he said, the Lord, the Lord, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. This is who I am. This is the love that the psalmist says endures forever, endures forever, endures forever. It's the love that King David said pursues us all the days of our lives. The steadfast love of the Lord. That patient, unrelenting, forgiving, enduring, long-suffering love of God. It's covenant love. That means a love that binds itself to you. And its culmination was seen in the person of Jesus Christ who offers the blood of the covenant, the life of the covenant. Jesus, the Lord, who pursues steadfast love and faithfulness to the point of the cross, that he might redeem sinners, that he would go to hell and back to redeem unfaithful people who fail to love, the one full of grace and truth, This is what we see in steadfast love. If you want to know what it looks like, you have to get to Jesus. And as we come to know Hesed, we become characterized by it. It really is the mark. Francis Schaeffer said, what is the mark of the Christian? It's love. It's the mark, I hope, of our network and our congregation. And it's a 180 degree change from the definition of success. Just think about it for a second. Think about the people you and I envy. Is it because of their steadfast love? I mean, for me, it's often, right? Their gifts, their beauty, their notoriety. And isn't a source of our stress our perceived lack of those things? You know, I can't get them, and so I'm stressed out that I can't be that person. How much would our stress reduce if we believed that the definition of success was steadfast love. How much would it go away? I think significantly. Okay, I haven't read all the right parenting books. And it always seems like we're behind the curve. There's always this other family that has this opportunity for their kids that we're not doing. You know, fail at all that stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, we have loyal love for our kids. Okay, my personality isn't larger than life. Maybe it's smaller than life, right? When I come into a room, I don't work the room. I kind of stand there. But, you know, I really look at who's in the margins, that I might give them a taste of steadfast love. I don't have the skills. I don't have the IQ. I don't have the recognition in the field. But I love God through my work. And I really try to loyally love my coworkers. This is a different way of thinking about success. It's a difficult way. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I believe we can have goals. I write goals out every day. But the question is, what have you written on the top of the page? Right? Is it steadfast love and faithfulness? That reigns over everything that I'm doing as I plan my five-year plan. And consider Jesus. I mean, in his day, and even in our day, during his life, he did not succeed. 30 years, he's just average. Hey, you're the son of God. (laughs) 
Dane, I think you can do more than building, maybe. Right? God, what, uh, I don't understand this. You got him on earth, right? Right? From my point of view, that's not successful. Let's get him doing some stuff. Right? And then, of course, you know, he comes out of the gate strong, but he loses his fan base pretty quickly. I mean, right? Things are going well, and at the end, he's cursed by society. Everybody thinks this guy must have royally screwed up to deserve that. And then his disciples abandoned him. He was not successful speaking. Now we can look back and go, man, he was successful. You know, one of my greatest fears in life is to be like one of those dying artists that's only recognized after they died and they're penniless, right? It's like, don't let me be that. You know, you can't enjoy any of it now. It's only after and other people enjoy it and you don't. Because I have a worldly view of success. And here's the thing. The worldly definition of success is exclusive, right? I mean, if you're born tall enough, you can play for Golden State. You know, if you're tall enough, if you're smart enough, if you've got the skills, if you're the right skin color, the system will work for you. Right, all these different things that have to be in the place that we can't control. It's exclusive. But the beauty of this is God's definition of success is inclusive. Wisdom invites anybody, anybody in the sound of my hearing today, you were invited by God to be successful. You were invited to come. But we have to get to this last point. Practice. You and I practice things so they get ingrained in us so we don't forget them when we need them. That's why we practice. And this definition of success needs practice because it's so different. And this is why you get the plea of the father, my son. And actually, chapter 1, 8, you get the plea of the mother. And then you hear the exhortation, bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. One is the reason is because loyal love, you know, it's not attention grabbing. It's not very efficient. It's very easy to dismiss. It doesn't submit to your five-year plan. Loyal love is a hard thing to hold on to because maybe we don't get to see the fruit that we want. And so it requires faith. What does the practice of loyal love require? Trust confidence. Trust confidence. We heard it in that familiar verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean in your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Now, many times when that's quoted, we don't do it in context of loyal love, do we? It's more about, well, this is what I want to do and if I trust God, I'll get it. No, he's talking about someone who's living for loyal love. Derek Kidner, who's uh, no longer here, he's in heaven, a great great Old Testament theologian, he said, really, this idea of trust, if he could give you an image, it would be lying face down. That's trust. You know, intentional weakness, lying face down. And lean means refusing to support yourself. You know, have anybody ever tried to, you know, had to do the trust fall? Right? Or stage diving? Anybody stage diving? <laughs> but, you know, you know actually... The stage diving thing, it really depends on whether the people like you in the audience. Because I've seen enough videos where they're just like, nah, you know, you've been annoying me the entire concert. I'm not catching you. Um, but, you know, that trust fall thing, and it really is a stress reliever. You know, have you heard of these sensory deprivation chambers? Okay. 
Maybe some of you have done it. I've never done it. But it's this thing where you go into this quiet room. It's a saltwater tank. And you lie on top. And you put something over your eyes and something in your ears. And you just let go. People pay money to do this regularly. <laughs> they do. Right? This feeling of, can I just let go and float? Now, the cheap version I want to offer to you is... Uh, <laughs> On your, on your bed as you go to sleep at night, you know, just for a second, let the weight of the bed hold you. Let the bed hold your weight. Just go. And then go, trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. And all your, that's what it feels like. The stress is released. Because we have the ultimate rest tank, right? The Lord is our refuge and he's our foundation. He holds you in the hollow of his hand. He pulls you next to his bosom. He carries you. This is our Lord. We need to weigh down into him. We need to release every day into him. And as we do, he promises us, because I know all this talk about faith, in the back of your mind, you're going, okay, I get that, but still, will I get success? And, and he says, you will get success. Right? Favor, healing. You heard the definition. But here's the, here's the trick of it all. He will make your path straight. So you and I are laboring every day to make our path straight, and we get crooked. But when we trust him, it's sort of this letting go of the wheel, and God is going, now I'm going to take you. And, we, you know, we don't see beyond a curve or two. Right? We don't get to see five miles down the road. But he promises. I'm really resisting saying, Jesus, take the wheel right now, okay? <laughs> Uh, and I don't want you to have the impression that faith makes the curse of sin go away. It doesn't, you know. That's what's going to be so great about heaven. Here you and I are going to deal with frustration in relationships and futility. You're going to wake up still some days and go, does this even matter what I do? But as we strive toward a life, a Christ-like life of loyal love, God promises, I will relieve your stress and I will direct your path straight. And this is a grand promise, isn't it? And so I, I want to leave this with you. If you would strive with me to make your focus of success loyal love, and if you would practice it by trust day to day, I believe that I will be able to praise God for your life, and you'll be able to praise God for my life, and I believe God will bless this network. He will bless the work of this network. This city does not need another group of successful people. It's got plenty of those. They've come and gone. It needs a group of people that are committed to loyal love. Hesed. Let's pray. God, we're so grateful for you, for Jesus, for your spirit.